The Bucketeers Podcast is a proud member of the TSP and the Timeskew Podcast Network. You can catch our podcast on a number of outlets, including Google, Apple, Spotify, and timeskew.com slash podcast, along with YouTube. And you can follow us on YouTube and Twitter today at Bucketeers Podcast. We have a great show tonight, great guest host. We'll get into that in a minute here shortly. We have a lot to discuss for net contract details, possible outstanding offers for Antonio Brown. We're going to get into the NFL draft a little bit as well. You are tuned in to the Bucketeers, and we are not live, but this will be on the airwaves coming at you on Wednesday. So we appreciate you guys for listening as always. And thanks for checking us out. We have a crew joined tonight, Cody G, Bucko the Bruce, and Stunna is in the building as well. And then, like I said, we do have a special guest, Evan Winter uh, from the Bucks Report, one of their great contributors. And he's joining us tonight, ready to talk about some voidable contracts, perhaps, and greater details in those. Evan, thanks for uh, joining us tonight and where can the great people follow you at on Twitter? Gentlemen, thanks for having me. You can follow me on Twitter at Evan underscore winner. And then obviously, as you mentioned earlier, BucksReport.com. That's where the written work is found. So glad to be on, guys. And actually, a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about today, especially after this Bruce Arians press conference that occurred earlier. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about from that as well. And uh, the, the tattoo is also interesting. The unveiling <laughs> of the tattoo, that was a big center of discussion today. So uh, looking forward to talking about the Bruce Arians interview and uh, the voidable contracts as well. Cody, Bucko, Stunna, how are we doing tonight, fellas? Uh, we have a lot to talk about as always. It seems like every week in the offseason, we said we were going to take a break at some point, but then every week it's been up, we re-signed this guy up, we re-signed that guy. It's, it's just been crazy, and we haven't even had to bring in anyone from the outside yet and uh we'll we'll see what happens the rest of the off season so it's been exciting i'm hoping i still want to bring in like a pass rusher maybe a veteran cornerback especially since we lost uh smith but other than that the big one obviously getting a b back hopefully that happens yeah i hope we get a b back apparently the contract offers are out there uh we'll get into that as well bucko we're fucking living this offseason, man. How you feeling? We can hear you tonight, too, man. Last yeah, week, uh, there it is. Last week we uh, you know, the, the the stars are lining up for me to call. I was like, I'm not even going to try this week because I, I didn't get a new headset. I still got you know, this stupid earbud. Uh, I will be getting my mic. should be here before the next pod so we can actually have some, some clear sound. But good to be here with you, fellas. So let's chop it up. Yeah, and Stunna, as always, uh, we're seeing Warren set, but we know you're there behind that screen. How you doing tonight, my man? Excited to be here. Yep, exciting as always. I love it, short and sweet, so we'll get right to it. Uh, First off, I want to talk about Leonard Fournette contract, because that did happen uh, a little bit ago now at this time. But Evan, the contract details on that. I think it was 3.25 um, for one year, if I'm not mistaken. How, how does that impact the Bucks running back situation entering the NFL draft and not only the running back situation, but how do you think it impacts them the rest of free agency as well? Well, if you want to take what Bruce Arians said today in his press conference at 100%, then, I mean, I think it doesn't affect anything because apparently he believes – that he has three top-end running backs. And I'm talking about how he mentioned the fact that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to have a breakout season this year. Now, granted, breakout can mean a lot of different things. Uh, You know, obviously for Ronald Jones, his second year was a breakout year compared to his first year. But in the terms of an overall NFL landscape, you know, most players can do what he did. Either way, it's subjective. But – I love the confidence he's shown in Vaughn. Overall, though, I don't think it's going to affect what they do in the draft if we're talking specifically the draft at running back because even Bruce said today that it's basically BPA at every level, at every round, and you love hearing that. So while it still provides Tampa Bay with that one-two punch that obviously was needed last year because – Leonard went out for a few games, then Ronald went out for a few games, and they both just – how they stepped in for each other at the right moments 
just showed really how deep and how important the running back room was at the end of the day. Regardless, I still think, you know, if there's a Najee Harris sitting there at 32, hell, I wouldn't blame him if they took him. So I don't think it impacts much at the end of the day outside of the fact that they have the same power coming back from last year. And, and to, to elaborate further on what you were saying or to piggyback off of it, what would you rather have with a Super Bowl roster? The fourth or fifth best pass rusher at 32 or possibly the best running back in the draft at right. 32? I mean, obviously, you got to be true to your board, but when you're in a position like we are where the window is as small as it is, you're not really drafting for need. You're drafting for talent. You're drafting for athletes. You're drafting, you know, for the best player available. And we, in years past, haven't had that luxury, you know, reaching for guys like Adrian Claiborne, reaching for Vernon Hargraves, things of this nature, you know, overdrafting due to need. And not having to do that this time, I think, is going to be fun to watch. I really have no clue what we're going to do. None at all. And I love it. Bucko, it sounds like you're getting on the running back train with me. I have been beating my chest for either Harris or Williams. Give me either one of those. That's who I wanted. I, I still think uh, bringing Lenny back, it, you know, it's probably less likely now. Whereas if they had brought him back, I was pretty sure that's the direction they were going. But I could still, if one of them's there and they're high up on the board, I mean, I, st- I think either of those two are better than anything we got on our team right now. Both of those are guys that are like legit three down backs. Our offense wouldn't be quite as predictable, in my, in my opinion, with them there. So I still think it's less likely now that we got Lenny. I think maybe they'll go like someone like Felton or something like that later in the draft. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if one of them's there, especially Harris. I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if they took him. Puka Williams intrigues me later in the draft. Uh, I know he opted out early for Kansas last year, but he's a running back who could catch balls out of the backfield, and he's uh, kind of that slash and dash guy. But as Evan said, high praise for Keyshawn Vaughn today coming out of that backfield from head coach Bruce Arians. And I like Vaughn from his time at U of I uh, all the way to where he ended up at Vanderbilt he just played some good football he had some big plays there I think it could transition at the big level uh last year we've seen a couple rookie mistakes here and there although one of his uh ones against Chicago to me that still wasn't a fumble um I still think that's an incomplete well, he kind of had an issue with fumbles I mean it wasn't just that one I know. Redskins some key moments. <laughs> he, no, he, didn't uh, the, he didn't see the field again after that fumble in the red oh, yeah. or sorry Football team, sorry, football team. I still haven't gotten over that. <laughs> you know, yeah, Redskins football team. I, yeah, football team. It, it's hard yeah. to get in the habit of calling them the football team. Right. It's going to be like the Cleveland Indians. I'm sure I'll do the same with them for a while when they uh, – I think it's their last year this year, so we'll see who's the next to go. But, yeah, Washington football team, Vaughn fumbled, never seen the field again. We'll see if he could work on his carrying skills a little bit moving forward into this season. I don't know. I know pass rushers may be uh, a little limited at that back end at 32, but I still would appreciate – if a good one's available, I would like one. If not, see what happens. But Antonio Brown, what if he doesn't come back? I know I, – I, I hope we don't go wide receiver, but Evan, you think there's any chance that they'd reach into the wide receiver bags if Antonio Brown went elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a chance. I, I think it would be kind of on the lower end of the totem pole in terms of needs if they had to. You look at the defense, I mean, what you were just talking about with uh, edge rushers and all that good stuff is – you're looking at Indomitian and Sue, Will Golston, and JPP going into the final year of their contracts. Uh, if Shaq Barrett did not sign the long-term deal, if he would have left, that would absolutely be the writing on the wall. But still, at the same time, you think Tampa Bay is going to – they know how important this pass rush is. They know how important the front seven is. You think they're going to at least try to reload for the future because – I think Anthony Nelson, he played 30% of snaps. Obviously, Shaq and JPP played like 77%, 88%. But the next person behind him, I think, was Cam Gill, if I'm remembering correct, correctly. And he only played like 8% of snaps. So, Tampa Bay's got to find somebody, another guy outside of Nelson, and also an eventual replacement for JPP or Shaq in a few years. Because going into these voidable years that we're going to talk about here in a, here in a little bit, you just don't know what's guaranteed. So 
I would absolutely love to see them go defense. And it would fit so much into what Bruce Arians has talked about the last two years in free agency, how the defense needs to stay together. So uh, it, it just fits perfectly. And when Todd Bowles becomes the eventual head coach, you know, he's got his guys in there as well. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that even became more clear that the head, next head coach is on the staff today when – Bruce Arians did elaborate perhaps taking a quarterback. I think, uh, you know, he wouldn't even think about taking a quarterback if the next head coach wasn't here. Why the hell would he care about setting him up with the next QB if he's not going to be here? But I'm big on uh, defensive end or uh, edge rusher or interior lineman. Uh, I would like that a lot for Tampa. Like you said, guys are going to be leaving soon. JPP, Sue, Golston, perhaps. So we'll see what happens there. And the Buccaneers know that they're built on the trenches. Uh, you know, their two winning seasons both came with great front front line and linebackers. And Bruce prioritized the front seven before last year's free agency, even, uh, even over the quarterback position. So, Cody, I know you're big on running back, but I'm going to Going uh, with the defensive side, uh, we'll see what happens. So, Stana, what's your opinion? You've been quiet down there. I want to get your take. I know you think that Antonio Brown might be leaving, and what do you think, defense or running back with that first-round pick? You know, I, I, I think, uh, like we said before, we got to wait till free agency ends. And before, you know, I was like, Cody beat my chest for the center out of Wisconsin-Whitewater at that uh, number 32 pick. But, you know, here in Bruce today, uh, you might go with uh, Kyle Trask out of Florida. You know, he's the Lincoln quarterback. That'd be, you know, where you would get a guy like that. If we And if we don't have a backup quarterback, we got to look at our depth chart. I know that we lost uh, Ryan Smith, our, our cornerback five today, too. So that's something else that we have to replace. But I was always a, uh, you know, trade down guy. But, you know, best player available is also uh, very lucrative right there. So, but we, 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 you know, we don't really have glaring needs, but we do have some needs that we need to address. So we have needs of depth and future. Um, and those in the Super Bowl window are not needs, in my opinion. Um, I just, I find it tough to say, like, like, I like a guy like Carlos Basham. You know, I like those guys. I don't think they graded well at 32. I think once you get past those top three edge rushers, they're not worthy of that pick. And they don't de-tackle. What other, you know, you got Barrymore and um, the kid from Washington, the only two that are even close to a first-round grade at this point. Um, if, if you really want to go, you know, drafting the trenches to, to set that up. Say again. I think, I think if you're all in, you got to go running back. You know what you're saying? Like, if we're all in for the Super Bowl, you got to go running back. Game changer. That, you right. know, that's what I that'd be the, the best you would get at 32 would be a, a, a game changer type running back, home run hitter. Right. One, one I, thing. I absolutely hate the idea of Kyle Trask at 32. I'll, I'll, I will go to sleep angry if that's the fucking pick. I'm telling you right now, I will be angry. Going to sleep angry, man. That just that sounds like a recipe for disaster. But no, <laughs> one thing Arians did hint at today, and this is a really good uh, question, I thought, by Rick Stroud. He asked him, you know, obviously, like you just said, like there's no glaring needs, but – what would you still define as a need? What would you stock up on right now in this draft? And Arian said both sides of the line of scrimmage. So right there, that's a big hint. You know, and the kid out yeah. of uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, uh, Meniarez, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, dude, I mean, in the second, third round, totally could see that would be totally fine with that. But let me ask you all this, and this is something I've just been mulling on over the last couple of days. How would y'all feel about a trade up into – I'm not talking like top 20, like top 10 or top 12. This is something I brought up on Twitter, and I'm talking trading this year's first, this year's second, and then next year's first because the idea is you're going to be picking in the back of the first anyways. Why not go ahead and get up in a top 10, top 12, like I said, um, get an elite player because also at the same time with how this roster is already filled out, you're most likely not going to be signing all eight draft picks anyways. So why not try to get one of these top dudes that could possibly be a splash player that could essentially come in and you could have a package designed for whatever, as opposed to just developmental guys. I don't know. It's something I've been mulling over. I've been trying to get a lot of receiver. Who would be a top guy that would, that would make you. Jalen Phillips. 
hear me out on this. My guy would be J.C. Horn. Uh, okay. And this is because you got Carlton going into his final year this year. Most likely he's going to want top ten corner money. He's going to deserve top ten corner money this year. Though how Tampa Bay's free agency contracts are currently playing out, top ten corners in the NFL average $16 million a year annually. Now, you know, that's not cap hit and all that stuff. That's just annual average. So, J.C. Horn would not only be complete backup for Carlton if he decides to leave. Also, we just lost Ryan Smith. And then uh, SMB and Jamal Dean are going to be needing a new contract after 2022. So, Horn would come in, would help stabilize the position, help give depth. And in the case you can't afford one of these guys coming out, and don't forget Jordan Whitehead's going to new contract. Dude, I mean, he could end up being that number one guy. He could be a stout number two. I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking off top of my head. I also am in love with Jordan Warren, so let's just, let's just make that clear. <laughs> I like Newsom at the cornerback better from uh, Northwestern. I, I, mean, uh, I, I, I like Farley. I think Farley's the best corner. Dude, uh, he's by far, he, and he's great at man coverage, man. But uh, I, I can, you can't do – Jason Light leads the world in drafting DBs. So, you can never rule out us taking the damn DB. We take, what, two or three every year. So, uh, no, I, I really have no problem with that. You can never have enough corners. You can never have enough big guys. Uh, I, just, I don't want a wide receiver. I think Tyler Johnson's very good. I think Scooter's good. Uh, I do think we get A.B. back. Um I, I think wide receiver would be overkill. We don't even need a camp body. We had enough of those. So, give, give me defense and give me give me trenches, guys. No, that's where I'm at. I'm good with trading up. Uh, I like the corner idea or one of the edge guys from um, Miami. We need to start. I mean, yeah, if like JPP that. or Shaq goes down, we're in trouble. If either one of them, like season in injury, we're in trouble. And two, Our depth at JPP may not be back. So, let's, let's get an edge guy. If, you know. If the right guy's there, you know, I don't want to trade up just to trade up. But if they think is legit, I I would be all for trading up for sure. I like the kid from Penn State a ton, Um, Jason Uh, Oway. Yep, Jason Oway. I think he's really good. And uh, I may or may not have wagered a little bit on on him to be the first uh, edge rusher off the board. So if he was, that would be tremendous. Uh, uh, Yeah, let's go with him. And I'm a Penn State guy, so I would appreciate – if uh, a Nittany Lion got some love in the damn NFL draft that wasn't an offensive uh, player. And isn't it crazy that we have J.C. Horn and Asante Samuel Jr. already in the NFL draft? It seems like just yesterday that Joe Horn and Asante Samuel were you know, running rampant, and now both their sons are going to be first-round picks. And it makes you feel, oh, but Pat Sertain Jr., Asante Samuel yeah, Jr., Sertain, I uh, forgot. J.C. Horn. Antoine Winfield uh, Jr. <laughs> yeah, Winfield These Jr. are guys we – I remember just Jr. yesterday, Joe Horn pulling out the flip phone from the, yep. the damn goalpost pad and making yeah. a phone call like, damn, I'm old, man. We had, we had Madden tournaments back when I was in high school, like during our field day, and I won the championship by with a pick six by Antoine Winfield. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it's crazy shit these days, dude. Isn't uh, Lorenzo Neal's son in it, too? I think he's a defensive team. Yep. Lorenzo Neal, the old uh, fullback. Purdue. Lorenzo, Lorenzo Neal was awesome, man. He was dude, that guy was a fucking bruiser. I yeah, remember man. him. I know Randy Randy Moss's son went undrafted last year. Thad Moss, I know. Uh, I think right. he ended up with Washington football team. Um, yeah, he ended up in Washington. I'm not sure how that ended up. I think he got injured perhaps even, but just crazy. All these young guys right before our eyes. And uh, speaking of young guys, we are here again with Evan Winter from Bucks Report. You can check out his great work over there and make sure to check out Bucks Report and all their great work. They got some other great contributors as well, like Joshua Allen, who was on uh, our show a couple weeks ago. He's a another fantastic one. So make sure you guys get all your news and needs at Bucks Report. Um, they're not going to let you down. And we're here talking draft on Bucketeers. Speaking of draft, um, Trading up, we've talked trading up. Evan, do you think trading down is a possibility? I know we talked last week how we can't really accumulate picks unless we did it for next year or the year after, perhaps, since a lot of guys will be leaving. Have you thought about that idea? I 
I threw it around a little bit last week. I know we're drafting and winning for now, but if we did trade back, could we accumulate picks for next year perhaps to uh, offshore some of the guys we're going to be losing because we can't keep all these guys that, um, you know, contracts are expiring. Easily. Yeah, man. And trading back is always my number one option, especially if there's just not that that one guy, you know, that you, you're in love with or that you feel is going to be – that that type of player that's going to come in and make a difference, you know, a la Devin White a couple years ago. So accumulating picks, getting those cheaper contracts for these voidable years for how Tampa Bay has things currently set up. Yeah, man, 100%. I would be totally fine with that, especially if the board's not falling your way. I mean, let's say Joe Tryon, uh, Jalen Phillips, you know, these type of edge rushers, the kid out of Notre Dame, I call him okay. That's just because I just am too lazy to learn how to <laughs> pronounce his name. But, um, uh, you know, all the main guys, if there's just a guy that's just kind of eh, yeah, dude, trade trade back, get some more extra picks, especially maybe for next year, and see what happens. Because even though this year's draft is really questionable in just terms of evaluation, uh, there's still a lot of value to be had in the second round, at least I feel. Oh yeah, there is, there is. And, uh, I don't really want to have a whole bunch of draft picks because we're not going to be able to sign all of them anyway. Right. Um, but but also not having that first round pick money, you know, not having that fifth year option stuff. You know, that that's, I guess that's that's cool. But that was the Belichick strategy, and they don't necessarily always work out. I I honestly think why not give up, you know, three or four picks and move up like what you said. I think that might be the best bet to get one of those edge guys or, uh, you know, Barrymore or something. I would not be mad at that at all. Yeah, one of those edge guys wouldn't be bad at all. I get out LSU to do that. What'd you say, Sonny? I get that receiver out of LSU if I'm trade up like that. Are you talking Terrence Marshall or Jamal Chase? No, Jamal Chase is going – like he'll be the first non-quarterback taken, I think. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, that guy, that guy, he didn't even play and he's still the best receiver this year. Yeah. yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Honestly, the, the, the ideal trade up for me would be in the second round to get like Rondell Moore. I don't know. I, I scouted Love him. Love that real dude. And dude, in this offense, he is exactly, I mean, this offense is set, right? But a player like him is exactly what this offense is missing. Just the dude that's electric every time he touches the ball. And granted, Tampa Bay has good players. They have guys who can make plays, but not plays just out of space, you know, with guys around them like Rondale can. And he would, dude, just imagine him coming in five or six, you know, they, they could game plan five or six different plays for him. I don't know, dude. I absolutely love the thought of him in this offense, man. I don't he would definitely improve our screen game. Our screen game like, sucks. Yeah. yeah. Right. And return. Like New Orleans is going to get him. I don't know why. Right. That just seems like a fucking New Orleans player right, right there. Yeah, he will scheme some shit up for him, and he'll end up fucking hurting us. Just, I just got a gut feeling that's what he ends up. <laughs> His injuries worry me, but, like, pure talent, right. you know, that dude is amazing. But, but yeah, the – I don't know. I'm sure you know he'll be checked out by the doctors, but uh, yeah, I don't. I feel like either New Orleans or Kansas City. I don't know why. I feel like one of those two teams is going to get him trade up, whatever they got to do. Up one of them. If Seattle was smart, they would draft him. Yeah. But you know, Pete Carroll. They, <laughs> Pete's gonna pee. <laughs> Pete's gonna pee, man. We're talking about the guy who cost his own team a Super Bowl. So uh, no, I, I I do like the kid from Purdue, uh, Rondell Moore. I think he's. He'd be a tremendous uh, little little asset to any offense, especially, yeah, like a Seattle or Tampa. But it depends what happens. I also think uh, the kid from Louisville way later in the draft is uh, an intriguing little guy as well. 2-2. Two, 2-2 two. Yeah. Two, two Atwell. 2-2 two, two Atwell. Yeah. I'm always down for drafting somebody with a cool name, man. Yeah, his name, far beyond his name, uh, you know, this kid could play. But, yeah, 2-2, you know, 2-2 on the Bucks, Tampa 2-2, you know, you could make a lot of cool names for him. Uh, that, that, that That's going to be interesting. NFL draft, uh, we're about a month away, always one of my favorite times of the year. And uh, we have the last pick in the first round, so we're going to be waiting quite a while that night unless we do trade up and get one of these playmakers like Evan or one of us have mentioned, perhaps. That would be 
I'm all for that. If they do trade up, I would be for that because that's about getting um, someone to help us win. Here's the thing. Is there any possibility of us trading for a veteran if the other team eats up their contract, perhaps mainly, you know, if we trade for a veteran to help us win now, is that a possibility? I haven't heard much on that front yet, but with RGM, you never know. We got JPP for a damn third round pick a couple years back. So Evan, you think that's a possibility? Could we be looking at veterans out there to upgrade? I mean, yeah, anything's a possibility at this point. That's the beauty of how they've set themselves up over the last year. And just winning the Super Bowl last year has given them so much leeway in terms of just what they can do with this roster. So, yeah, um, that's honestly something I haven't really thought much about, but that doesn't mean it's not a possibility. So, just right off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of a, of a veteran they could trade for. Um yeah, I can't think of it. In terms of a realistic scenario, I'm not sure. But in terms of what's something I would like to see, and this is just because I'm close to the situation, I would love for them to somehow trade for Jeffrey Simmons up here in, up here in Tennessee. Uh, dude, him and Vita Vea, you would not be able to stop them. And you would, the, the beauty of that combo is you would be able to run your sub package, you know, your nickel defense all the time as opposed to having to run your base defense. So, I mean, dude, that would be an un unreal combo. So, if, if if I could just snap my fingers and say, yes, trade for them, that, that would be it. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons and Vita Vea, um, you know, subbing or running next to you, whatever, however they would line up out there, right. that would be that would be awesome. So, I, I would be all in for that. What's done? I said our interior D-line is thin. We need to be addressing it. Yeah, we brought back Nacho. We still got Khalil Davis. We still got Pat O'Connor. Well, we still have some guys. They're, it's not like we're totally, absolutely thin. But after this year, yes, we will be. I mean, we're thin for 2022. But I don't. We've always been in the mindset of a four-year build to get to the pinnacle. We're at the fucking pinnacle. Let's just stay up at the top, man. Get give me, give me guys are going to be impactful right now. So if you're talking about trading for a veteran. How about a, a guy that did well with us uh, that's – I think uh, the Raiders are unhappy with him over there. I think you can get Gruden to eat a little bit of that money and send him back over here for a third, get Carl Nassib back. Uh, he definitely played at a much higher level than Anthony Nelson did. Familiar with the scheme. Something like that, that'd be good. That'd be a good go for But I, I don't really want to be trading for the sense of trading. We, we need guys that are going to be impactful in their death role. Let's go OBJ. Smith. Alvin Smith ideas seems like a good one to me. I think he'd be cheap enough, and he'd be off the bench better than anything we've got right now, I think. And you don't have to give nothing for him. He's free. Right. Right. <laughs> Just do you want to pay him? I honestly think he goes to Pittsburgh. I think that's the most, you know, makes sense place for him to go to replace Bud Dupree. Uh, but I wouldn't be mad at Alvin Smith at all. Yeah, I, I think Stunner said OBJ. I'm, I don't want OBJ. Yeah. I ignored that on purpose. I, I ignored it on purpose. <laughs> it was a joke. Fuck that guy. <laughs> but he could be, you know, no, that, that, that ain't even worth it. But um, Alden Smith would be a good one. Cody, you've been uh, advocating for him for a while now. I know he renewed his career last year. And uh, like we said earlier, Anthony Nelson, um, you know, just hasn't not, – not that he can't be good or can't be a good player in this league. He just hasn't proven much in his small sample size. And the fact is, if JPP or Shaq went down to begin with, were thin after Anthony Nelson, even Quentin Bell and Cam Gill, it's not like, uh, you know, we, we just need a body back there. And I would like a veteran one or a rookie one. I mean, just an edge in general would be nice one way or another. But it's getting hard with all these contracts we're given. A lot of it's voidable. Speaking of voidable, Bucko, uh, you want to talk a little bit about these voidable contracts happening? Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, you know, shout out again to Bucks Report, you know, for collaborating with us again. Uh, Evan, I, I mean, I see you guys talk a lot about the cap, and you know, obviously, this being an, an anomaly with the cap going down and with the pandemic and everything, we're now seeing every team put this funny money, voidable year contract thing. Is this is this always been a thing, and we've just never really talked about it because it was a one-off, um, or is this something? that's a loophole that GMs have figured out that DeMora Smith and, and Goodell got to sit down and 
find a way to make this go away because I, I don't think you can just keep adding four years onto a one-year contract just to skirt the salary cap that a lot of people think is a myth anyway. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, so in terms of Tampa Bay, no, this is something that's never really been done before. And it's something that's always been around. The Saints have used it. And honestly, it's something new for myself because I always knew that you could extend by a certain amount of time, but I didn't know the player didn't have to actually be on the roster for the years they still accounted salary-wise. But at the end of the day, it's a moot point because whatever year the player stops playing before the deal – the rest of the money that's been prorated, which will be a signing bonus. It could be a roster bonus, but in terms of not getting too far in the weeds, let's just leave that out. Whatever money's been prorated over the course of the deal, which so let's say let's say Rob Gronkowski one year signed three extra voidable years, and this is all hypothetical. This is not, you know, uh, what he's actually signed to. Let's say for easy mass sake, $4 million signing bonus. That's a million dollars spread out each year. Let's say he retires after that first year. Well, the remaining $3 million all counts on the cap the very next year. So even though he's not on the roster, he's still going to count $3 million against the cap. So that's $3 million Tampa Bay automatically loses. So – at the end of the day, it just all really depends on the player situation. It depends on the team situation. You can kind of look at it somewhat as an opt-out. I wouldn't really look at it like that because at the end of the day, the only reason that a player is going to opt out is because the team's cutting his ass. <laughs> so, um, but, Usually part ways. Yes. Right, right. But there, there might – yeah, exactly. It, we disagree to disagree. Uh, but um, – there, there could be language in there that we don't know about where the player could possibly opt out or something. Either way, it just all de- it, it's a good way to play year by year, and that's exactly what Tampa Bay is doing with Tom Brady right now, and they have every reason to do that because of his age. So it all makes sense, and as long as things stay the course and everybody stays healthy, and which they've done for the last two years, knock on wood, hopefully it happens a third, then – everything should be fine, you know, but obviously things could go wrong. And if they go wrong, then they could go wrong in a hurry, but that obviously remains to be seen. I'm just saying, yeah, I've never been a big fan of kicking the can down the road. Uh, I've always been impressed with our front office uh, with the, the low amount of dead money we have every year being in the hundreds of thousands while other people have, you know, tens of millions of dead money on their, on their cap every year. So I've always been impressed with that and wanted to keep that alive. But we're trying to get at least one more Super Bowl win. So right. put all the chips in, boys. If we go and broke, we go broke. It's different if you have a 38-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback <laughs> compared to uh, – and I use him – I mean, I use him specifically mainly because of his age, and, but that's just because he also has potential to be that guy for you. But it's different having him in a 43, 44-year-old Tom Brady. I mean, it's, it's fucking Tom Brady at the end Tom of the day. So you, you know what you're going to do. You know what you're going to have. You know the team revolves around him. And as long as he's willing to push money back, I mean, and you say push money back with air quotes because really they're all getting paid up front when they restructure these deals. Um, Either way, he's the guy that you're going to hit your wagon to. He's the guy you're going to do it year to year with. And Tampa Bay, fortunately, with how they've drafted over the last few years, they're in a position to where they can manage this. Now, here in a couple years, it's going to get really, really interesting. But you figure by that time, Tom Brady will be 46. It's just, this is crazy saying these these words coming out of my mouth. Tom Brady's going to be 46 years old. And you would think by then Tampa Bay has something figured out for, you know, uh, affordable and quarterback terms, all that good stuff. Well, and then let me jump in. and I'll let, I know I've been talking a lot. Sorry, boys. <laughs> what, what do you – I, for one, am tired of seeing us draft the wrong quarterback. And it never working out. You know, Trendell for – Vinny Testaverde, James Winston. I, I, I've been through too many of these. Chris Sims, right? I'm of the belief that fuck that strategy whatsoever, period. 
and just keep getting the best veteran free agent you can get each time you have to and keeping that strategy going. Uh, what's say, what say y'all about that? Uh, my only thing with that is it costs more than getting like a, you know, rookie on a rookie deal. It's typically going to cost you more, but if you can just get like a game manager type and we still keep this stack team around, I, I think we could compete. I think that's more of a sure bet than drafting a guy. It's just, can you, how, how long can you afford to keep doing that? Cause not everybody's going to take these team friendly deals like Tom Brady getting paid 25 a year, you know? So well, that's yeah. the only issue there. But. The nice, yeah, the, nice the nice thing is with doing that though, uh, it, you know, if we were to find these veteran QBs, it, it would be nice to hit on the right young guy in the draft, but it seems like the right young guy is always the next biggest payday at the quarterback position for that team. Uh, you know, it seems like you could get a veteran who's tremendous for cheaper entering the end of their career, perhaps. I know it doesn't always work out, but you've seen it with Manning in Denver now, and then you see it with Brady now. They're still going to cost a lot of money, but at the end of the day, the rookie is going to end up costing you more, a lot more than uh, that couple-year run. But I, I do think eventually, I mean, come on, we got to hit on a quarterback eventually, you know? like It's been 50 years, Tom. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what the hell? We can't keep pulling Hall of Fame free agent quarterbacks out of our ass and, uh, you know, expecting Super Bowl rings, though. I mean, it, it, would, it would be nice. And there's a couple options that line up, you know, you know, when Brady's 49 or 50 and he's considering retirement perhaps <laughs> at, the, at that point in time. But in all seriousness, um, I, I I could go either way, but we need to draft the quarterback. Stunna said Trask this year. I'm not for that. Um, I, I, I'd be for maybe a QB in the later rounds, but I don't want to use our first-round pick on Kyle Trask. If you're talking taking a quarterback in the second round, third round at the earliest – no, I like the kid out of Stanford ten times more than I like Kyle Trask. Uh, I don't want Mac Jones. I don't want Kyle Trask. I think those guys are busts written all over them, and they're going to be drafted too high because their team had some success this year. Screw that. No, I'm, I'm, I don't want either one of those guys. See, this is the joys you get when you draft the QB, though. It, it, here's his uh, tweet um, about an interesting offseason tidbit today, according to – Sport track. Uh, the Buccaneers bring back Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Rob Gronkowski, and Sue at projected $33.25 million. And uh, Carson, Le- Carson Wentz is costing the Eagles $600,000 more than all of them combined for the Bucs this year. <laughs> and that cap hit. So he's not playing for him. Right. He ain't even playing for him. And, you know, that sometimes that's what happens at rookie QBs. You get so invested in him. Not saying, uh, you know, mum's a word on this whole Deshaun Watson thing, but say something happens there, the Texans are out all that money. You just never know when you draft young QBs uh, what the hell could happen. But uh, it might have to happen eventually. Anyways, shifting gears here, I do want to talk about the Antonio Brown situation. Uh, three contract offer or not three, but multiple contract offers out there, according to reports today. And, uh, you know, a lot of rumors floating around there. Evan, do you have any idea what any of these contract offers? I mean, I thought it would only be one offer perhaps, but we heard the word contracts. Uh, what, what might that be? I, I'm not sure. I'm quite understanding why we'd have different ones on the line for maybe multi-year versus one year. Yeah, that's something that I was wondering as well. Uh, I don't know if Bruce just, you know, meant there's an offer out there or they've had several different offers. Maybe there's a negotiation thing going on. I don't know. Either way, at the end of the day, it's Antonio Brown, and it could possibly mean that other teams are interested as well. But the fact that Leonard Fournette not only signed for what he signed for, but the fact that he signed back with the Bucks, especially after there was rumored interest from the Seahawks and the Patriots, that kind of goes hand in hand with the uh, video that Antonio Brown put out a couple weeks ago with them working out saying they were going to work things out. So you, you would think that Tampa Bay is going to figure out a way to get this done at the end of the day. It's just a matter of when and where and how. Yeah. And we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, guys, with extending 
guys like Jensen, guys like Donald Smith, who got you know, guys are in the last year of their deal, extending them out because you were going to re-sign them anyway and, and freeing up that money. And that's, you know, they, they extend Donovan and got the money to pay Leonard. I think Ryan Jensen doesn't – we don't need him to go anywhere either. Uh, so you go ahead and extend him a couple more years and free up a little bit to give the A.B. I, I have no problem with that. I think it's a great strategy because it keeps the nucleus of the offensive line together and keeps keeps the band together well, and at the end of the day, too, it's important to remember that you're only really going to need two or three million dollars to sign your draft class because people are you're going to see the number you know seven, eight million, whatever thrown out there. But whatever players you sign for the top fifty-one rule, they're going to cancel out those bottom contracts. So let's say you sign five members of your draft class. Well, your five bottom contracts, let's say they're $660,000 a piece, which I'm pretty sure that's how it's set up right now. Well, that's over, you know, three and a half, four million dollars right there shaved off that's getting replaced. So your net gain, your net profit, whatever you need to pay, I, I don't know that financial of a term. But at the end of the day, you're not going to need that much money to sign your draft class. So, when you when you look at finding room for a B, it's really not as hard as it may seem um, projected on the surface. Yeah, and we also uh, snuck in a Josh Wells contract in there um, yep. in between. Any uh, contract details on that and what Josh's uh, cap hit might look like? It should be the veterans' uh, salary benefit, which it's really hard to explain right off the top of my head, but essentially – if a player has accrued four seasons, um, then they're basically – you could pay them up to like $1.1, $1.2 million, but they uh, count $990,000 against the cap. It's just kind of this thing that NFL's worked out for uh, veterans who kind of hop around from team to team, allows Jordan them to get paid for – yeah, it allows them to get paid for. Yeah, it was, it was essentially the league minimum, the veteran minimum, but it's all based off of a certain scale. You can go to spotrack.com, um, and they ha- it's beautiful how they have it all set up. But essentially, yeah, he's going to cost probably about $990,000 cap, but really he's going to get paid probably around $1 to $1.1 million. But all that matters is that cap is. Yeah, we, we, were, <laughs> we were talking about um, him coming back, and I, I'm pretty happy about him coming back. I think For he's sure. – good veteran depth to add to the team and he brings familiarity uh to the offense you know he he's been on the team for two years now so a third year with this offensive line could pay benefits if you know someone were to go down or whatnot and uh speaking of health Bruce Arians commented today that this team could only be better next year and that our potential uh hasn't been reached yet uh one of the main headlines from the interview today referring to OJ, referring to Vita, it sounds like after all, um, OJ and Bray are both going to be here uh, this coming season. We've heard one of them is pretty much going to be forced out the door, but now it doesn't seem that way, does it? No, and you figured that, that a lot of that I think was before, especially coming from my end, especially it was before we saw Tampa Bay make – all, or create all these voidable year deals, all that other stuff. You know, it was never really a question of how they were going to do it. It was just more if they were going to do it. You know, it was going to be whether or not they were going to backload deals, whether they were going to push money to the back end, which is something, you know, obviously that you're talking about, Bucko, that we haven't seen them do over the years. So, overall, um, I mean, yeah, man, it all makes sense at the end of the day. Um, and it would not surprise me to see them continue to follow that same practice. And honestly, I completely forgot where I was going with everything because my damn pop screen right here keeps falling down. I was like, that would be cool and like multitask all at once. But yeah, I'll let one of y'all, I'll let one of y'all take it. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you gotta get you know, I look like Tom Cruise off Minority Report over here, you know, just like smacking shit. I got you, man. No, I mean, uh, honestly, I, I've i tried to trade and cut and do everything to Cameron Brayden and O.J. Howard for the last three years. And my apologies to the Naperville native. Uh, my apologies to O.J. Uh, but, I, yeah, I tried to get rid of y'all for three years in a row. Uh, 
I felt I felt like it was too much money at that position. And OJ in particular, nothing against him. I just wanted Dalvin Cook that bad. So OJ kind of pissed me off. <laughs> he hasn't really produced at the level of a 19 pick should have uh, have done thus far in this career. Now, when he played those first four games there with Brady, he looked the best he had ever looked. He looked like a problem. Uh, and I'm anxious to see that again. And I also see with that quarterback, the matchups we can create for our guys on the outside with all those tight ends, uh, that let's keep them, man. I don't want to cut nobody. Yeah. I'm glad we signed Suck Up. That's my favorite signing this offseason. Y'all can talk about your Godwins and your, and your Vontes. We don't have to worry about 35-yard field goals. That makes me incredibly happy. Yeah, Ryan Suckup is uh, suddenly becoming a fan favorite in Tampa, and he deservingly uh, got he, he got the contract he deserves for sure, and I'm glad he's sticking around. As Bucko said, that's one of the names that I wanted most to keep given the year that he had last year, all those field goals made for us. It felt nice not needing to worry about a 30, 40-yarder all the damn time going out there. You never know, a 50-50 chance with our old kickers, which suck up, it felt a little better. So um, that was good to see. We did see Ryan Smith leave today. I just want to get your guys' thoughts. What's going to happen? I know we talked about him being our fifth corner a little bit. He was also a very good – he was our special teams ace for, you know, the – you know, since he's been on this team. Do you think internally we address the special team uh, specialist? Do you think we have anyone on this roster ready to step up and really take that step? Or do you think we could maybe use one of these later draft picks on a guy we see in the draft? Or uh, wh- where do you think we go here? Evan, we'll start with you. Do you think we address a specialist at all in the draft, or do you think we have that guy internally? I think they do. I think they have to. Uh, Bruce Arians even mentioned it today in his press conference that one of the media impacts that they're looking for in their rookie draft classes is on special teams. And right now your only other corner on the roster is Herb Miller. Yeah, he had the interception against Detroit. Obviously, that's cool. But <laughs> you, 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 need, you need depth. I mean, you need depth at the end of the day. So, Ryan Smith leaving is a little bit of a bigger deal probably than most people think. Will yeah. not surprise me. And they still haven't done anything with Ross Cockrell. They don't know if he's coming back. So, yeah, they definitely need to make at least one more move at the end of the day. At least one. Yeah, I, I think that that's got to be the plan. Ryan Smith was drafted not as a starting corner, I think. I think he was drafted mainly for the role he survived, you know, served as a rookie. He was our special teams ace since he came in. So to say that that can't be replaced, I, I think would be, you know, uh, you know, incorrect. To say it's easily replaced, that's also wrong. But I, I trust our scouting department. Uh, we've always done good in that regard. We've always been pretty good on, you know, uh, middle of the road and, and kickoff coverage anyway. And we get a lot of touchbacks. So um, I, I see it. There's something we have to address, but it's not something that I'm overly concerned with. Our corner depth on defense concerns me more than the team's guy. Let me ask you all this real quick. So Tampa Bay paid him 1.75 last year. That's exactly what L.A. paid him this year. Do you think Tampa Bay just didn't want him? Do you think they just couldn't afford him this year? I mean, why – I mean, I thought he played pretty well last year. Why Why do y'all think that he he's not around this year? I'm I hope it's, go on, I hope it's just because he's fucking terrible as, like, a corner. Like, hopefully they just think they can get – like, our special team sucks. You hear Tampa Bay special teams, I get fucking nauseous. Like, we, we can hit some field goals now, so that's cool. But, like, kick coverage, like, mediocre, fucking running the ball back. I mean, we might as well just down it every time. We had one. <laughs> one yeah. run, Michael, run, Michael, run. <laughs> That's the only one. It's just so – I don't know. I'm hoping they, they think they can find somebody in the draft or free agency that can be similar on special teams, but maybe better, like, as a, you know, reserve corner is what I'm hoping. Yeah, ever, ever since we lost Rich Bisaccia, ironically, to the Chargers, our yeah. special teams has been shit. Um, so, like I said, I'm not worried about that aspect of it. Just tell Pinion to keep putting it through the uprights. Let's let's go. 25-yard line. Let's go. 
I'm shocked that Ryan Smith couldn't get more money, honestly, than the contract he did from Los Angeles. I would have understood if he re-signed with the Bucks on that contract, you know, uh, the same amount he made last year. But usually we see these veterans win Super Bowls and then they go on and get paid. Even if it's a minimal upgrade, they do find an upgrade somewhere. Uh, look at, I, I think uh, around, I think Andrew Adams, look at him in Philly. He's getting paid more than he got. And, um, you know, we've seen right. us pay Bo Allen a uh, pretty penny. I like to mention him often after he won one with the Eagles. Vinny Curry, we gave him uh, payday. So we see it time and time again. I'm shocked Ryan Smith couldn't get it. I do think the Bucks wanted him back, but uh, he was kind of just one of these odd men out, and you kind of got to pick and choose sometimes, and it seems like they maybe went with the nacho over a Ryan Smith type perhaps. They uh, – perhaps valued the interior interior lineman depth more than special team specialists. So we'll see. I'm sure uh, Jason Light is already doing his homework on uh, his replacement. I'm sure he's got someone in his mind. And we'll see if it's from one of these small school guys playing in the spring right now. Uh, I do like this college football in the spring. It does feel kind of nice having at least football on in the spring is something to watch. But We'll see wherever they find one, some uh, find one from, find someone from. It'll be interesting. I can't talk right now, but nonetheless, anyways, we are turning the corner into the back half or the back segment of the Bucketeers here, and we are still joined by Evan Winter from Bucks Report, and kind of nearing the end here. Uh, just want to talk about a couple more things, and real quick, the tattoo on Bruce Arians today. That was cool as the hell. Yeah, the I love that name. Did you yeah, think of that great. yourself, or did you find? No, that, that was the the lady on the news. Uh, shit, I follow her. Uh, the the sports lady from Channel Ten News. Um, Grace. Is that any yeah, Grace? Yeah, right. Grace. She, 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 she called it a a champ stamp. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, she she's good at her job. That's awesome. Yeah. God damn it! This fucking pop screen, man. Nothing more aggravating than uh, not being able to get something going, but live radio, man, you gotta love it. Yeah, I love it, man. Love this cheap ass. But no, yeah, the the, the the sixty year old swag dripping, uh, you know, hero of mine. In, in well, thirty years from now, I want to be that. Uh, I want to still be drinking my bourbon, getting tats, and uh, just being a cool motherfucker like Bruce Harris. I, I love it. I think it's great. Uh, stuff like that really, you know, it makes players play harder for you because, you know, playing ball and from Pop Warner all the way up through high school, like when your coach can do certain shit to relate to you, you know, it kind of it just makes the whole camaraderie that much stronger. Not like we had that problem in the first place, but this just, you know, just makes it better, I think. I love it. Yeah, man, it's awesome. And can't wait for him to have to get two more somewhere else. So it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, I know he was talking about the painting in his bedroom he has, or, you know, he put the, himself in his bedroom. So, you know, his wife's already got to deal with that. I'm sure she wouldn't mind a couple more tattoos to add to the arsenal on uh, Bruce. And during the draft last year, we seen the type he, – he had a real cool crib. So, you know, he just seemed he, – he's the man. He's a hell of a guy, and he seems like a joy. On the loose cannons, that was a fun time watching uh, Bruce on the loose cannons. And uh, it, it's cool seeing the loose cannons on Pat McAfee's show. They got shouted out on and uh, get up ESPN. So shout out to those guys, um, you know, doing great things and having Bruce on. And they've had Jake on a couple times. So a lot of Bucks outlets doing a lot of great things. This soft season, Cody. What did you think of the uh, champ stamp? Some might call it. I want to see someone get a tattoo of Bruce Arians with his tattoo on them. Tattoo, tattoo. That's funny. That's funny because my girlfriend actually texted me and she goes, uh, "Are you gonna?" She's a Packer fan, sadly, but she follows a lot of the Bucks and she roots for them as a. Number two, I never have a number two. I don't associate with the number two. But if she wants to have the Bucks as her number two, I'll allow her to root for the Bucks. Anyway, she goes, "Are you gonna go? Are you gonna get a tattoo like Bruce did?" And I go, "I might get one of Bruce, you know, <laughs> down the road. That would be mm -hmm. what I would get, one of Bruce, if anything." So it's funny you say that. Um, 
I, you know, I think that would look cool in the old Bucko the Bruce logo with Bruce's face on it that Smack Apparel made the T-shirt of. Uh, that was a fantastic T-shirt, by the way. Speaking of great shirts, Smack Apparel, um, shout out for the hookup for the couple T-shirts there. Um, great guys. Go check them out, Smack Apparel. Make sure you get your Buccaneers fixing over there on some great T-shirts and whatnot. Cody, I know you wanted to talk about some things entering the pod tonight. Um, is there anything that we haven't hit on yet that you would like to touch base on now? Um, I can't think of anything. We talked the voidable years. That's kind of what I was thinking about and like potential draft, but, um, we covered all that covered AB coming back. I, I'm with Evan. I think it's just a matter of time. I think it'll be back. So <laughs> then hopefully, like I said, you know, I've been pounding the table for like, you know, a veteran corner and a pass rusher. We need depth of those two. Those are two positions that I feel like we can get in real trouble real quick with some injuries. I wouldn't mind seeing Russ Cockrell back. You know, he yeah. played really good football when we brought him in last year. I know we always talk about the Lenny F or the AB signings, you know, throughout the season. But Russ is a guy who we brought in late, and he paid dividends being that veteran defensive back, uh, you know providing that experience for a lot of those young guys. I know between uh, the defensive backs, him and Andrew Adams were the veterans of the bunch there, but uh, Adams isn't even that much of a veteran. So Cockrell really came in and, you know, provide a much needed depth. So I wonder what his number would look like. Maybe he would take um, a team friendly deal, like a Wells type contract. If he doesn't field anything else out there, I'm not really sure if uh, he'd be interested in that, but yeah, veteran cornerback would be nice to add to this mix. So, fellas, uh, it's almost been near an hour. We'll we'll do final thoughts as we wrap up here. Stunna, we'll start with you. Bounce up to Bucko, over to Cody, then to me. Then we'll end with our uh, fantastic guest this evening, Mr. Evan Winter. And, uh, hey, now I see uh, – the damn thing's gone, whatever the hell you were messing with. So I'm glad uh, we at least figured out a part-time solution as okay. we end the pod. Hey, sometimes I knock my mic over and it's driving me crazy. And I, you know, I, it, it sucks. So I, I understand the technical shit. Uh, Stunna, final thoughts on the pod this evening. Evan, I know you mentioned that you were a Madden fan. I'd like to know what uh, or think what you think of the Madden ratings of our Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Honestly, Madden. honestly, I haven't seen them yet. So I will have to check them out on. Let me see while the other guys are looking it up. And then whenever it gets back to mine, uh, I'll, I'll uh, resume. So hold on, let me look them up real quick. Stunna, what, what are we looking like in Madden nowadays? Uh, you know, I'm really not impressed. I mean, they still have our defense. Uh, you know, our, our secondary, very slow, you know, they never gave, um, Will Goldson his credit, you know, even to this day, our, our linebackers don't cover well in the middle, which is heresy, you know, so they still kind of dissing Devin White. They won't give any of our guys nineties. They, they, you know, they, uh, they actually, um, I think Sue was up to 86 and they knocked him out 85. So they, so they, they, you know, they have a hard time giving our guys, a lot of credit, but they don't have much problem doing that with other teams or, or with okay. other players. So I'm, I'm looking at it now. Okay, so yeah, they got Tom Brady '96, Levante '91, Mike Evans '91, Ali Marpet '89, Ryan Jensen '89. They gave Tristan Wirfs '89, which is pretty good. Chris Godwin '88. Yeah, he needs to be higher. Shaq is only an '88. Vita, <laughs> Vita is an '88, which is interesting that's that's good uh antonio 86 i think it's a little high rob gronkowski 86 he needs to be higher jpp and 85 the team's only pro bowler got an 85 and dominic yeah. Sue 85 devin white 84 antoine winfield 83 <laughs> carlton davis 83 ronald jones 80, yeah this yeah you're right man it, it needs to we, we need some serious improvement here i'm not even gonna look at the rest of this shit <laughs> they, 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 they've never given the bucks even in 02 you know they didn't give us the ratings that we deserve then. So yeah, this team has crazy. never been a national darling, whether it be merch, whether it be video game ratings, whether it be, you know, fodder on the TV. It, it actually kind of annoys me to hear how much they talk about us. Now I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Go back to 
Bradley Pinion has a higher rating than Jordan Whitehead. What the fuck is going on? Look at Jordan Whitehead. Alex Cav is a 75. Oh my God. Oh, 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 oh. what is going on? Stinny. Look at Stinny. Look at Stinny. Dang, Stunnerman started a whole war. Now now we're coming at the Hey, I see you on Twitter every day. I'm already blocked. Stunnerman getting blocked by the Swami and everybody. I don't even play Madden anymore, and I see Stunna going at it with that Swami guru dude who does the ratings, and I just chimed in like, "Hey, buddy, you kind of are bad at your job," and I got blocked. I was like, "All right, whatever." You don't want to hear? It's almost like. It's almost like guys like Kevin Drew do the Madden ratings, and that's why everybody hates him. Yeah, that's um, why Josh Allen's rated 98 this year. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> uh, but no, in closing, my final thoughts, man, it's uh, it's good to see the guys on the Bucks media outlets. Uh, the Bucketeers, obviously, you know, were underrated. Uh, we're the Rudy Rudigers of this joint. Uh, Bucks report that back and forth with you and loose cannons during that that uh, fan poll was hilarious. Uh, loose cannons landing the coach, you know, getting shouted out on national athletes, man. You know, I love to see these guys putting the time in and talking about this team that we love and getting some shine for it, man. It's good stuff. Let's keep it going. Let's keep this energy rolling. Let's get us another chip. Let's go, boys. Yeah, Cody, what say you with your final thoughts of the night? With Buku, I disagree, though. I like seeing us on TV. I was a uh, dude I work with at lunch today. I forget what they were talking about, ESPN. I was just it's fucking weird, man. For the last few years, like, rarely did you see anybody, like, they, they weren't talking about it. Like, it started with Tom Brady, and then, you know, you win the Super Bowl, and you've got Tom Brady. I don't know. It's just cool. And then, like, you know, everything Bucko said, it's cool seeing, you know, Sammer and all them. Like, that's just um, – Fucking awesome for all of them. So I don't know. It's been a fun off season for me, and obviously, as champs, I mean, shit, it's always a good off season. Yeah, we've seen a lot of a uh, crazy things happen with you know Bucks podcasts and media this off season. So that's pretty cool to see the loose cannons do that. Um, the don't hurt to be the talk of the town. The pewter cast, yeah, the pewter cast got a new co-host, so that was uh, pretty cool to see there. And then a Bills fan runs a Bucks podcast. That's pretty interesting as well. There's just a ton of crazy shit going on out there. But, no, nonetheless, um, it was an incredible time having Evan on the show. We always appreciate when we have fantastic guests on this show. We did have, as I mentioned, Joshua Cole Allen before, and – um, another affiliate of Bucks Report from a podcast perspective, we had Kenny Bear on, and he's part of the Buck What You Heard podcast, who's members of the Bucks Report. So, it, all uh, all great guests from the Bucks Report. We continue to kind of just do this during the off season. Look for more giveaways on our great draft t-shirts that are uh, limited available um you could win those in contests we just ran a contest the other day so be on the lookout for that once again you could follow us on you know google apple spotify etc etc as well and yeah evan i just want to thank you again man get your final thoughts here on the pod we thank you as a whole for you taking your time on this uh beautiful tuesday night to join us talking football yeah, guys, thanks so much for having me. It was an absolute blast. Um, my final thoughts, man, if they hit this draft like they're supposed to, we've heard Donovan Smith talk about it, we've heard Tom Brady talk about it, and then we heard Bruce Arians talk about it today. This team can be better in 2021 than what we saw last year in 2020, especially over the last eight weeks of the season, and I'm including the last four weeks, which matter the most. Y'all know I'm a fan. Y'all know my work, though. I try to stay objective as possible. You can closely associate the term unstoppable with this team if they hit this draft right. Obviously, everybody has to stay healthy. But, I mean, the sky is the limit. I am absolutely thrilled. What a time to be a Bucks fan. And I cannot wait to see what happens over these next, you know, six to seven months. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you, man. It's it's you know peak time of being a Bucks fan. Last time we were riding this wave was last Super Bowl, and uh, 
you know, maybe next time if we're lucky enough to have you on, that's a nice looking guitar. Maybe you could, you know, do a little guitar solo. No, but for real, uh, we do appreciate you coming on. <laughs> and that is a nice guitar. I just happened to spot Some that. Riffs, man. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, 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 I like guitars. So that's final nice thoughts. Story. Tony, get a new girlfriend. Oh yeah, you know, Packer fan. I, I'm trying to coach her. I'm trying to help her. Um, you know. One thing I appreciate is Wisconsin's cheese. So that's one thing that I get out of her being a Packer fan is good cheese. Other than that, she does appreciate my Bucks fandom. All she gets me is Bucks shit. So, uh, lady, if you're listening, I do appreciate you. Um, you know, you break some Bucks news for me while I'm at work if I'm not by my phone and shit. So, Stunna, I do got a coacher, but. She's a good one for now. But anyways, guys, it was an incredible time tonight. Thanks again, Evan. Thanks, as always, crew. You guys listen to the Bucketeers tonight or watch the Bucketeers. I'm Tampa Tones alongside Cody G, Bucko the Bruce, Stunna, and Evan Winter from Bucks Report. We're out, and as always, go Bucks. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold